Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, hey, we are live now. Um, Highwind Network, Chris and Craig, and Craig, I love technology, don't you? <laughs> what would we do without it, Chris, besides probably live better lives, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we had the great Tweer Brown on uh, earlier today. Uh, he was having some uh, tech issues, and uh, we've got our special guest, Mike Wilcox. Mike, is your Wi-Fi working now? Uh, oh, okay. he's playing the live there. Can you hear us, Mike? All right, Mike, if you can turn it down a little bit. Turn, turn your radio down, Mike. All right, we're all right. Mike, are you with us? Have some technical difficulty. We're trying to iron away. It's still jumping so bad. Okay. Well, why don't you get out and uh, come come back in. We'll see if it's any better. Sorry about that. Okay? All right. We're sorry about that, guys. Um, the beauty have... of live stream, you know, isn't it? I mean, but you know what? We have three people watching, so uh, that's pretty cool. I'm sure I'm sure Mike's one of them, but um, well, yes. <laughs> yes. why not? Why not? Uh, you know, change it up a little bit. Have some technical difficulties on a Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, and you know, hey, it's COVID. I mean, this is better than nothing. I mean, if if we couldn't have this, we couldn't talk. We'd just be talking to our families all the time. But hey, <laughs> hey it happens. Thanks for your patience, everybody. Uh, Chris and Craig are getting together. Um, we are live on a late Wednesday night. Um, it's been a week, man. There's some stuff we can't talk about here live online, but um, I'm my wife is starting her school year. My kids are starting their, their school year. Everything's gone crazy, and Wi-Fi is not working well. Uh, I'm seeing Mike smile at us. I don't know if he's hearing us or... <laughs> Just at first, and now it's still jumping again. Maybe right. he's smiling because he can't hear us. Have we, yes. we should think about that, maybe. Maybe he's yeah. smiling because he can't hear us. Well, well, Mike, do your best. And, you know, if you have to log off, we may try it again with you another night. I, I don't know what, what's going off your Wi-Fi, but uh, we'll figure it out. So, um, yeah, so we're here. Um, we got Mike Wilcox with us. Um, Mike's a childhood friend of mine. Wait, 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 wait. Mike, Mike grew up across the street from me. Um, Mike's in sales, and I'm hearing Mike. 
Uh, but for some reason, the audio is not working yeah. well. So uh, let's start out, Craig. Um, just just a weird week. I, I wish I could. Um, well, let me say what I could say online. Um, took a couple of days off work. Um, school is starting. And yeah. my wife teaches here at a school in Columbus. Um, she's first day of school's tomorrow. Uh, she had some in-service days. Uh, tonight we had our big parent teacher meetup. Mm-hmm. Open house. You got to meet your teachers and everything. Uh, so we took the kids in. Getting ready for school, man. And got a bunch of other stuff going on with that. It's been just a strange week. And uh, Craig, I want to thank you. I want to thank our other podcast host, Laura Kessel, with our Fraser show. And um, uh, Paul and Joe, we do a student show together as well as Xero's show. And hey, I, I felt like we were pulling teeth, but we got everyone rescheduled. And it's a weird week. Next week, we're going to get back to the Wednesday nights. Yeah, It's all going to be good and everything's going to be fun. So, and, well, I think Mike's trying again. Can you hear us, Mike? I don't know. Can you hear us, Mike? We can see you. All right. Well, well Mike, Mike, we may well, have I'm to try to switch to my phone. Can you hear oh, us? Yeah. It's working a lot better. So maybe I had to do something with my laptop. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know if it's because I had LinkedIn going with it, maybe. Maybe I'm not sure. Well, okay. it'll, well, let's talk to Mike before it gets too uh, before Mike totally loses his, his internet. Uh, Mike's calling us from Louisville, Ohio, my hometown. Um, I grew up across the street from Mike, and this is good. I, I tell you, Craig, I hate social media in a lot of ways. Uh, but it's good for my business, the news business, to share stories, get people to click on it. It's good to meet up with people. I mean, I didn't know if I would see Mike again. Not that Mike was hiding from me, but, you know, sometimes you fall out of touch with people. And I got a connection request on LinkedIn. And I I used to accept most everybody. But I'm scratching my head going, this guy looks familiar. What's going on? And he's from my childhood. And Mike's now uh, working in Canton as a salesman. And, you know, we had a um, 20-minute time that we kind of caught up, swapped some stories, we lost Craig a couple times. Craig's like, oh, geez, I can't believe I'm hearing Mike and Chris stories from childhood. So that part of the podcast is offline. But I, I wanted to talk to Mike a little bit. Mike does sales with Pinnacle Press. And I spent most of my career as a journalist. I kind of checked out for a couple of years, tried marketing and sales. Um, always interesting. And Mike, tell us what we do as a salesman. I, I need to have some sales tips tonight. Uh, what do you sell there in Canada? So um, I am now with Pinnacle Press, and like we were talking earlier, uh, you and Craig and I, we were all talking about, you know, Chris and I's childhood, which I'm sure Craig was just loving that. I know it was very interesting. (laughs) But um, I got into sales early with my family's business. Been working, I worked with them for 22 years, Wilcox Tree and Landscape. Um, Last five years, I was the face of the, you know, the family business, did all the sales for pretty well both sides of the company, along with all the snow plowing, ice removal, things of that nature. Um, decided to sell off the tree side of our business. And, uh, I just wasn't feeling, you know, staying around doing the landscape side. So I just wanted to look for a new direction, a new career, different opportunity. So I just started reaching out to everybody I know from around Louisville, Canton area, uh, being involved with my family's business. I've met a lot of people over the years 
and uh, reached out to Vicki Sterling, who is a dear friend of mine here from Louisville as well. Um, real good friends with her husband, Todd, and she owns Pinnacle Press. And I was actually reaching out to Vicki just to kind of, you know, pull on some of her connections and things of that nature. And um, lo and behold, she told me she's a sole owner of Pinnacle Press now, and she was looking for a salesman, and I literally went running to my truck you guys um mm -hmm. she's just a great person so now i'm with pinnacle press been there for about a year and a half and i sell commercial printing so okay. anything you guys can think of with printing from business cards letterheads all things of that nature anything that involves ink and paper that's what we do there at pinnacle press so um i'm the business development manager and uh i would say my sales partner is the owner vicky sterling she is more than highly involved with the business and uh it's been a really, really, really great move for me, both mentally, physically, and, you know, my career. So it's just been been a really good move. So obviously you want to work with businesses and um, people that can give you, like, a, a bigger return. But also can, like, let's say, you know, I want business card for what I do. Can I mean, you work with individuals too, right, as well as businesses? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Chris. That's a great question. So um, our door is wide open and we do have people that come in, you know, say off the streets per se, looking for some flyers, brochures, different things of that nature. Um, we have an in-house graphics designer that's been with us for 21 years. So sometimes people will come in and they're just you can just tell that they they're stressed out they don't know how to get a logo design they don't know how to get their ideas on paper and that's one great thing at pinnacle that we do we relieve people's stress we relieve their worries about how am i going to get this down how can i get this you know logo put on our graphics designer is so good and so many so many tools he uses that um they come in off the street they looking for something of that nature, Chris, say some business cards, and we can get that done for them. And our turn time is so quick. Within a few days, we have the product out to them. So, yeah, absolutely. And then besides that, we work, I'd say, good 90 95% is commercial. Okay. So, yep. And are you doing businesses from all over Ohio? I mean, you're in Canton area. Um, like, do you deal mostly with, like, businesses in Stark County, or are you dealing with other businesses around Ohio, too? Yes, um, that's another great question. We deal predominantly Stark County area, but we do um, have the capabilities to go throughout the whole United States. Uh, Vicki and I do have some clients that are outside of Ohio, so we 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 concentrate on Ohio. Try to stay local. Seems to be a little bit easier way to get your foot in the door. Staying local, everybody's all about the local vibe nowadays and keeping it around the you know hometown. So that's been a good thing for us. But yes, we have a lot of clients up in Cleveland, Akron, um, down around Columbus, around you, Chris, and all over the place. So sure, yeah, we can go. We can go all over. Okay, and hey, we definitely want to give you a plug. So what's the website? Before I forget, to, and then we'll get, we'll talk more about sales. Like, how, how we find you guys on the web? Um, well, we are at um, PinnaclePress.com. You can find us there. Um, actually, we just got our new web page going about a half a year ago. So we got that all launched and redesigned. And um, has you can see our whole team on there, meet our team, our owners. All of our emails are on there. But, yeah, you can reach us at PinnaclePress.com. Okay. Well, let's start talking a little bit about sales. Um, Craig and I are journalists. Uh, Craig writes stories um, up in the Fremont area. Um, I work with a digital team. Like we do the websites, we write, you know, social media posts and everything else. And in essence, we, we're all selling stuff. I mean, Craig is trying to write stories that 
people are interested in clicking on. So he's kind of a salesman. What he does, um, I want to write good social posts and, and do the website in a way that more people are going to click on it and hopefully become subscribers. But, you know, I can't talk for Craig on this, but I know for me, I've tried sales in the past where I've been more sales management. I'm not that door-to-door guy that gets an ask. But sometimes it's awkward for me to sell something to people. Um, I've sold, like, websites before and stuff like that. And it's hard because, yeah, you're giving a service. But, you know, you might charge five bucks to do a website for somebody. And a full-time web designer might do a thousand bucks. Where it's kind of hard when... you're not offering a specific product. You know what I mean? So sometimes I find it awkward in terms of sales where I don't mind saying, Hey, I've got this product. I hope you buy it. But sometimes it can be tough. How do you get over that as a sales guy? Because you're doing that every day and what you do in work. Sure. It was a, um, it was a, it was a big jump from going to selling tree work to selling commercial printing. I will say that yeah. Chris and, and from selling say a product. So with the tree work, it was a different story. We, the way we did things, the way we made trees look, we did set ourselves aside from the rest. I learned right. real fast from picking Vicky's brain and everybody that works there at Pinnacle Press asking a lot of questions and trying to find my way very quickly that um, selling printing is all about building a business relationship and, you know, finding out every detail about a person, not just what they do for a living or trying to sell them, finding out about their children, what sports they like, teams, different things of that nature. Um, Vicky told me one day, you know, when it comes to printers around the area, we could all make printing look good, all of us commercial printers, but it's building that business relationship, our customer service. Vicky just strives customer service in us. And truly, that is why we get a lot of repeat customers. They come behind us for our customer service. We try to give them the best of, you know, best pricing we can possibly give them. And uh, everything that they need, we meet their needs and, you know, help them out with everything that they can, you know, have problems with. Or if they're stressed out about delivery, shipping, you know, a completion date, a drop date, because we specialize in mailers and EDDMs. We relieve them all of that and build a good business relationship. And hopefully they, you know, tell other businesses, friends, things of that nature. And it just kind of expands from there. So, Craig, what's the toughest part of sales for you? I mean, I know you're not a sales guy, but... What f- would freak you out the most if you turned into a salesman? Well, I used to sell furniture uh, mm-hmm. way, way, way back when after graduating from college during the recession. There weren't a lot of uh, journalism jobs out there, so I did sell furniture for a while. I think the biggest challenge was just meeting expectations from yourself or from you know, people that you work for. Um, sure. You know, you, it, not Because not only, you know, we were commission-based. I don't know if, Mike, you are, but... Um, you know, that, that was your paycheck. That was your living. That's what, how you're going to support yourself and things that you needed and wanted and whatever. And there were times, um, that, you know, you maybe didn't fall in line with what you wanted, what you thought you could get. And then, you know, depending on the market, I was selling furniture in the Mansfield market and our market was very small for furniture sales. But unfortunately, you know, you just keep plugging along and at some point it either works out for you or doesn't. And thankfully, I was able to get into journalism. But uh, I do know the troubles troubles with sales. And I can only imagine, especially over this last year with COVID, some of the issues that you guys had to face. That was that's Craig. That is a wonderful point. So when I first interviewed with Vicky, it, it went so well and I was so excited. I got in there, was getting rolling. And then you guys, boom, COVID hit. And 
to be truthful, it, it, it really slowed us down. It, it did. I mean, little things like take, for instance, the Hall of Fame. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is a big deal for us, a big deal for the whole city of Canton. That hurt when it didn't go off. That didn't just hurt Pinnacle Press. It hurt the whole entire city of Canton all the way up to Akron. Some of my friends that have restaurants up there. So, yes, um, when the COVID hit, it was tough. And Vicky, she is I, – I just cannot say enough about our owner, Vicky. Um, her father started Pinnacle Press – and she's been there 38 years and she is a fearless leader and she fought tooth and nail to keep our head above water. And she did. And we have rebounded better than ever. And sales are booming. Everything's going great. Businesses are opening back up. But yeah, Craig, it was really scary. It was scary for a lot of us. Then on the other hand, my father doing the landscape and said he had the best best year he ever had when the COVID hit because people were at home spending money wanting to do landscaping, planting trees, right. you know, the whole nature was so sure. It kind of um I have a client of mine that has a deck building business and he told me he's booked so far out since COVID hit that so it's just crazy. But I think us commercial, industrial type companies of our nature, you know, the colleges, the schools, everything with that shutting down, it trickled down to a lot of us and it, it got really scary. What you guys playing ahead for Delta? I mean, you know, we thought COVID was starting to go away, and then we got the Delta variant. And it depends who you talk to how serious it's going to be, but it's going to be serious. I don't think it's going to mean COVID's going away tomorrow. Uh, how do you guys plan for stuff like that? You know, Chris, that's a great question. Uh, we haven't talked about it a lot. Um, we have and haven't. We got through the COVID, and now that things are opening back up so much, you know, we've kind of just – I think we got our ducks in a row – I, we just dearly hope they don't shut the country down again like that. I, I, I don't believe that they can. I just don't think it's the greatest idea. But um, I think if that happened to us again, Vicky would just respond in the same nature that we did, and we would all fight tooth and nail as a big family at Pinnacle Press, and we would keep our head above water better than ever. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, it's got to be good, too, because, yeah, people could come into your business and say, hey, I'm interested in doing something, but it doesn't seem to be a lot of walk-up traffic. You know, it's not like you're a restaurant where you're like, man, hopefully people come in the door. That's I mean, right. people could call you and, and do it online. So it sounds like you're in a better position because there's other ways to contact you. It's not Absolutely. just you have to walk in the store. Sure. And that, you know, Chris, that's a great point, too, because that did, you know, I that, that was hard for me at first. I, I am who I am. I am, you know, when you, when you meet me, I sell printing, but I sell myself as much as I do printing. I'm as true as I am. I'm, you know, I'm not false. We're pure, honest at Pinnacle Press. That's just how we've done things, how we did things with my family business. So not being able to get in front of people's faces and for them to see me and my passion and how much I'm really there to help people and help them with all their printing needs. It, it, it was hard for me. Zoom was good. I think they could see a lot of good things with Zoom, but you know, to go to cold calling um, as far yeah. as to the phone, I was not getting great response on that. It seemed like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll have Chris call you back as soon as I leave him this voicemail. Well, I never get the phone calls. Like, I was actually having better success with emails, to tell you the truth, which was yeah. hard for people to believe. But I had very, very good success with emails. I felt like I could call that person five times and email them once and get an email response before I'd get a phone call back. And then as far as getting into their office, eh, that was that was tough. But now that's kind of gotten a little better than now. Hopefully I don't go back to back to the bad way again, you know. So I mean, how has social media changed sales? I mean, I'm sure you're getting some leads oh. from like your Facebook page and whatever, but I I mean, how overall has that changed stuff? 
Absolutely, Chris. That's another great question. Um, I should have said, too, when you asked me about the plug, we are on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook. And we are on LinkedIn and we are on Instagram. I apologize about that. And I also apologize that our webs, our web pages pinnaclepressinc.com so pinnaclepressinc.com but yes um chris linkedin was not a thing for me when i was with my family's tree and landscape company that we were star county's oldest tree company the calls just flowed to us we didn't have to even really letter our trucks or things of that nature got with vicky you know corona i know when i first interviewed vicky she's like my business is going so crazy we feel like we're 30 to the wolves and i'm like please do i love it I love it intense. I love it fast paced. So when it kind of slowed down, uh, my wife actually was kind of talking a little bit about LinkedIn and so was Vicky and what a wonderful tool LinkedIn has been. Not only have I met old great friends like Chris and some, a lot of other old friends that I grew up with that I got to connect with, but I have reached out to so many people on LinkedIn and I have gotten so much work through LinkedIn that it's been just a great tool. I am on it every day along with all of my emails i always keep that linkedin up on my you know computer my laptop and um it's just it's great i'll kind of chat with people a little bit next thing you know if their email is not on there I'll, I'll i'll just ask people hey do you mind if i have your work email address i'd love to reach out to you see if i could help you out with your printing projects and not nine times out of ten people are they're, they're they're good for it especially on linkedin you know it's for business and sometimes when i don't get responses i just think well Maybe they're not on LinkedIn that much anymore, you know, so, but it's been, social media has been a great tool. No doubt about it. General question about LinkedIn. Why are we getting, and I'd say we, not by the three of us, but just the general public we, why are we getting so freaking political on LinkedIn? I mean, LinkedIn used to be this pure business sense. And I'm seeing so many pro-Trump and pro-Biden posts. I'm like, what the heck? I mean, I mean, as a sales guy, right. Well, well, I mean, Facebook well, okay, well, we could go on for years about how you turned it on Facebook either, but especially on LinkedIn, you're a sales guy, so why would you be posting your political beliefs? You're going to tick off half your people you're trying to sell stuff to, right? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I, I, I've, I've even in my personal life, I, me and my wife are not big into talking politics. We believe what we believe, and it yeah. is what it is. And, hey, you know, I mean, you're for Trump, you're for Biden, whoever gets put in. You got four years to deal with it, so you better make the best of it, you know, one way or the other. But, um, yeah, and Chris, it sometimes deterred me from wanting to kind of maybe reach out to a person or yeah. like, well, am I going to try to be friends with this guy and have to hear about politics every time? Or I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're rolling along here at Pinnacle. I don't, I don't have time to argue with somebody on LinkedIn about politics. You know, like you said, it's, it's supposed to be a professional social right. media, you know, app. So I'm with you. I, I guess what I'm saying is however you use it, like if you're trying to find a job, if you're trying to sell something to somebody, sure. I mean, it's just a general principle. It'd be like if you're dating somebody, you, know, you probably should bring up politics on the first date. I mean, <laughs> right. you're you're restricting your audience and people who are into what you're saying and everything. It's, <laughs> right. it, it's so strange. So I don't know. No, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've been on LinkedIn a little bit more lately, just in general. I mean, it's good to connect with people. Um, I, I I'm, you're on Facebook, and but you seem to be more of a LinkedIn guy. It's, it sounds like you're. So if I want to get a hold of Mike Wilcox, I got I got to use LinkedIn. And there's about honestly, Craig, there's probably about ten percent of my contacts that do the same thing. They're all LinkedIn people. I, I'm more on Twitter. If you want to find me quick, find me on Twitter. But Twitter's good. You can get quick information off of Twitter. What what it was with me with Twitter, I I couldn't keep up. 
I just couldn't yeah. keep up with Twitter. I, I think when I first got on it, I was liking everybody and everything, all my football teams, hockey teams, baseball teams, the players, experts. Next thing I know, all the bass fishing, everything in the everything under the sun. Even my wife warned me. She's like, you're, you're following way too many, you know? And it's I kind of got to the point where I just couldn't keep up with it no more. But Twitter is good. Absolutely. It can be overwhelming. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. It, it, way overwhelming. Absolutely, Craig, for sure. <laughs> I, I'm getting to the point, and <sighs> – I don't know. I, I, I need to find like 50 of your. T- I got to find 50 of the people I'm closest with to get their text. Uh, we, we don't post family stuff on as much. It's not that we're afraid we're going to get kidnapped or anything. I, I'm just like, I use it more for business purposes. And yeah, I mean, you know my family, Mike. I mean, I don't mind sharing some of that stuff with you, but sure. you know, random guy or random coworker I meet, I, I mean, I'm not going to just start saying, okay, here's all these pictures of my family, you know? So sure. I, I'm boring anymore on social media. I'll share this. I'll share stuff I work on. And that's pretty much about it, man. Sure. That's I love pictures of my dogs. I, that's why my dogs are featured heavily on uh, <laughs> social media and food that I cook. So. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Keep- Especially when your when your business kind of intersects your personal life, you kind of want to keep your personal life out of that because, you know, we we work in a field where people can hold grudges, unfortunately, and uh, you know it's it's best that they don't know where you live or don't know who your family looks like or whatever. So, nope, I agree. With you. Yeah, and I love it. Too. Well, the other reason I don't post that much personal stuff is, you know, as journalists, obviously, pass. Again, we're not getting political. Craig's already talked to me about this. You know, we're not going to say anything crazy political. But, you know, we've been attacked over the past couple of years. And, you know, I remember once I posted something about uh, it was the January 6th insurrection. Someone said murder the media. And I said, I, I made the simple comment. I wasn't being political. I just said, hey, thinking about my fellow journalists. I know people that are up there covering that stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know. You could dislike us, but you shouldn't murder. Like, I shouldn't say murder the sales guys or murder teachers or anything else like that. Just don't say that. Uh, 50 comments later, and I mean, dude, it was, shouldn't say his name online, we get in trouble, but uh, it was our former middle school principal. I mean, he's yelling. I'm, I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're my principal from middle school. I, it's just all kinds of craziness. It was tough. It, that'll be on an uncensored version. We'll have to do a paid versus podcast, and uh, we'll tell you some personal thoughts about that. But no, it, it, it's crazy how uh, people goof up our lives. And again, I think especially for, I mean, we have reasons why we shouldn't share personal stuff. But especially if you use a sales guy, you want to sell stuff to everybody. And if you know stuff gets out there, it, it just makes it tough. What, what's your any other big challenges as a sales guy that we may not know of that you want to share? Um. You know, sales, sales is definitely not for everybody. Um, I'd say, you know, definitely in today's times, you guys, some of the challenges are definitely getting in front of people. Um, I still think that there are some people a little leery of COVID and, you know, letting someone come in their office. I don't want to say unannounced, you know, I mean, I do see it, you know, lifting up a little bit. Um, Rejection. Rejection is always a big challenge with, you know, sales. I think that's why I would put us hardcore salesmen's in a different category with other people. I think a lot of us are mentally stronger than most, you know, um, dealing with rejection. That's just part of the game. I think when you get dealt with rejection or a door slammed in your face, that's a learning curve right there for you. That's something to pick up and learn. That's not something to get down about. That's something to learn about or to say, Hey, 
I'm not the only guy. I'm not the, we're not the only, you know, Pinnacle's not the only printing company in the world. I understand when you have a, you know, a good business relationship with XYZ printer. Or I reach out to somebody on LinkedIn or wherever else in a different state. And they're like, well, Hey, I like to keep it local here in Texas. Or another big thing when I reach out to bigger businesses, when I get the, the corporate comment, well, we get all of our printing from corporate or corporate makes those decisions. I find out where corporate is. They like to stay local. I understand that. I totally understand that. So I think in sales to be mentally tough and to take everything as a learning curve, take each day as a new day, um, start with a fresh start, a fresh mind every day and just go get it, you know, just go get it hustle as hard as you can. And, um, but yeah, rejection is a big deal. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and for my limited time as a salesperson, I understand what the structure of your salary versus commission is. Um, Craig, I, when I was selling websites, we had this deal. I got paid salary, which is decent. I could definitely um, make ends meet. And they're like, oh, we're going to give you 10% of your sales. And they're like, man, if you sell this big thing, your salary could jump right up. So I sell the six-figure deal for this big project. And I got so excited. I'm like, wow, it's like 10,000 bucks, man. Salary's going up and everything. <laughs> I had to do all the project management. And it was personally a project that, you know, it's on my resume. I could say a lot of good things about what I did. But, man, that project about killed me over the next six months because I was doing project management. I was trying to sell other things. It probably added 20 hours a week to my job. <laughs> so, yeah. So would you say that, Mike? So if, if somebody offers you a sales deal, you got to make sure you understand what's commission for salary to make sure it makes sense because it could be tough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's all oh gosh in sales. There's, I, I talked to a lot of my friends that are in sales with different people, networking groups and, um, I don't get very personal with my thing, you know, whatever with my business, but some will tell you, yeah, I'm strictly on commission or some are on strictly salary with a bonus. Um, some of us, you know, are on a salary with a commission and things of that nature, which I think, you know, salary with a commission with, um, you know, upside to it is, is a good thing. Salary right. with bonuses. That's a good thing, you know, or I have a friend of mine that has different, um, he sells, um, like sanitary products, but he just now got a new job and it's a great thing. I was just talking to him today, but he's got different regions, three or four different states. And he says he's got a nice salary, but as things progress each month, he gets a monthly bonus and it sounded like a good, you know, good thing. I said, that's pretty, pretty good. But I think when you're strictly just commissioned, um, that's tough. That puts yeah. a lot of stress on you. It really does you guys. And I, I think that, some of the ones that are just in commission, there are jobs out there that you're like, wow. But it has to be that kind of work where maybe it's just flowing nonstop to you, you know, where you're selling right. that unique product that everybody wants, you know, of that nature. So, But I, I can see it being tough because, you know, for what we do, we have to produce content and everything. Sure. Um, you, you know, well, if you're a salesperson, you don't sell anything. Then if you make a buck an hour or a million bucks an hour, you, you know, it becomes a bad deal to your business. So. Sure. And I think a lot of people, too, they say, oh, you know, I've heard one guy. He's like, yeah, he's like, well, it don't matter much. You know, to me, I, I'm getting paid a great salary and I get a yearly bonus with profit sharing and a commission. I'm like, yeah, but if you don't produce, right. is your, you know, you got to produce. <laughs> There's just no right, way. You're not I think his mindset yeah. was he's set and, you know, just whatever he sells, he sells. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't. I come from a family owned business. That was one thing great. You know, Vicky and I talked about that. I understand the other side of the story, you know, yeah. watching my grandfather and dad struggle every year, fixing equipment and things. So I, I get all that. You, you got to produce or else the boss is definitely not going to be happy with you, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And it, wherever business you're in, 
understand the other side. It's definitely helped me in journalism and other sure. stuff too. Well, well, Mike, we appreciate the sales tips. And I, I want to do something else with you because sure. I'm trying to figure this out for myself too. Um, every time we go to the fair, there's always this like booth that's up that's saying, hey, see how much unclaimed funds you have. And my wife and I have tried it before. We haven't tried it for a couple of years. Uh, one of the papers in um, Craig's and I chain, the Acrobeca Journal, had a story recently about unclaimed funds. They're saying there's like $3 billion in, in funds available. Uh, we're going to post the link to the story so you can check it out at home. But I wanted the three of us to kind of take some time if we're in front of our laptops. Um, you guys got the website that we need to check? Is that the link you sent me, Chris? Yes, I, I believe it's missingmoney.com. Do you see that, Craig? Missing, uh, missing, yes. Is it the one through your Akron Beacon Journal, Chris? Yes, yes. Yep. I, okay, I, I got it up. Yes. Okay, yeah, so check this out. We're going to take a minute or two as we're talking here. And I want to search to see if I got some money. Uh, <laughs> Craig, Mike, why don't you guys check out too? And let's see if any of us are, are going to get rich tonight. I hope. So do we, where, where would we go? Let me see. Okay. Here it is. Yeah. You yeah, type okay. in your name or your business. So Mike, maybe you can put your business name too. Maybe your business has got a lot of money. Where it says start your search. So I could put in just uh, is it full name or just right? Is that what they're looking for? Full name? I, I think full name helps because, you know, I'm putting in my last name. And I'm seeing a billion searches for a pew. <laughs> sure. So I'm sure yeah, a more common still name pretty big here in Louisville, Chris. <laughs> still, yes. still. A lot of pews around Louisville still. <laughs> well, I, mean, I guess you need to put your state in, too. Um, Let's see here. Search. So it's asking for this city. Right. Now, now this is also where you've done business in, so... You know, you live in Louisville. You work in Canton. Oh boy, uh, Craig. I don't know about you, but this is not good. I'm looking for me. I'm not seeing anything. What about you, Craig? I I don't see anything. But if I find someone with the same last name, can I just click on claim and just claim it? Or well, is that illegal? Well, I mean, unless it's a spouse or something. I mean, it's well, it's illegal, not. Right? No, no, I don't see a spouse. Uh, no one heard that, but no, no, I did not qualify. My wife did not qualify, so we are uh, unfortunately not the not the um, among those missing unclaimed funds. Now, when I when I put in Louisville, there was nothing for me. Okay. So then I switched the city to Canton, and um, they're one of four, and none of them. Michael G. Wilcox, Michael G. Senior, Michael G. Senior, and Michael G. Wilcox again. They're each out about hundred dollars every time. So, but nothing for me. Well, Darn it. <laughs> uh, what, I, I gotta say, winner, winner, chicken. Let's see. Maybe she has some money because she didn't do a lot of schooling. Okay. So I'll do. I'll leave it in Canton. And again, if you're listening, uh, you know, we have it available live. If you're checking out live, go to missingmoney.com. You can play along with us. Um, also, if you're listening to the audio version of our, our, our podcast, missingmoney.com, you can check and see what you have. Uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm not sure if my wife is listening, but holy cow, 
I'm looking under my wife's name, and she's got some hits. Don't tell nice. her. Don't don't tell her that. <laughs> yeah, she she may run off. She might be like, "This is it." <laughs> don't tell her. I've even tried my wife's maiden name. I'm she's not watching. Her. She's not watching it. She she's not watching. She's getting ready for school. She's not watching. So darn it. I was trying my wife's name or maiden name, both cities, nothing. Well, I'm looking. She's got. uh, So here's what happens. If you pull up her name, um, I'm seeing three results for her. And these are all addresses that we've lived at over the years. Um, And what happens is it'll say last address. I'm recognizing this as address we've lived at. And it says reported by, and one's for East Ohio Gas Company. So I'm assuming it's from maybe we overpaid a bill or something. And it tells you the amount. So I, I've got one. Well, actually, my wife does. Well, for hold, on, hold on. She doesn't. <laughs> oh, did you claim doesn't it? have to know. Right. Oh, that's true. She <laughs> should be on this website, Chris. You, you need to make her do the work. You've done the work. You you should get to claim the funds. Yeah. We have yeah. a party. We can have like a pizza party or something. Well, this is interesting because I'll one, come down for, to that. one is for East Ohio gas for under a hundred bucks. So I'm assuming it's like maybe we overpaid on a bill. Here's one for Apple Incorporated. Mm. Why are we getting missing money from Apple Incorporated? Any idea what's going on there? Don't ask, don't care. Just take the money. Yeah, how big's that check? There are big companies. That might be a is that a big one? Uh, under a hundred bucks. No, oh, nobody's I'm, retiring. I'm, I'm wondering if you bought anything like. I got screwed. Um, I got like a year free of Apple TV when we got our new iPhones mm. and I didn't cancel in time. So I'm, I'm now paying five bucks a month. And I think I pay five bucks a month for one month. So maybe she overpaid on like an app or some service that she bought. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not into the Apple TV. Craig likes some of the Apple TV. Ted Lasso, man. Uh, you got to get in not- there. You- you gotta get in there, Chris. You gotta take. You gotta get. It. You gotta watch it again or something, man. I, you're missing it. You're missing the boat on that. Well, Paul on our other podcast was singing the praises of Ted Lasso the other day. It is a terri- It is. It. I, I don't want to. I hate being a prisoner of the moment, being in the hyperbole of everything. But it is the best sitcom that I have seen in at least twenty years. At least twenty years. I I literally watched it, and it was like any other. Sp- sitcom out there. I wasn't horrified. I wasn't excited. I was like, eh, it's all right. It was it's like Darman and Greg or something. It was like no, all no, these no, no, non-descript no, no. sitcoms no, 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 no. over the years. It's got this great mix of a little bit of raunch with a lot of heart, a lot of fun. It's like a, I, I when I we talked to George Thomas, the Akron Beacon Journal uh, film mm-hmm. critic, um, and we talked a lot about it on our show that he and I do. And I kind of liken it to it's the best dad joke you could ever hear over and over and over and over again. It is the corniest, funniest show on TV. I'm glad we're live because people can hear that. It is a great show. It is almost, I'm not, I I have Apple TV plus free through my wife's phone plan. It is almost worth the $5 itself every year to, to maybe stream it all in a month after letting the shows kind of pile up and then you can watch it, pay for a month of Apple TV plus Watch that show. It is the best sitcom I've seen in at least 20 years. Wow. Are you Probably Ted since Seinfeld, I would say. Wow. For me. Are you, are you a Ted Lasso guy, Mike? Not, uh, 
Not okay. really. I'm not a. For you guys, I'm not a big movie guy, or I, okay. I I do watch TV shows. I I like the kind of the like. Do you guys like Deadliest Catch <laughs> at all? Okay, I the craft fiction show. It's probably one of my favorite shows. <laughs> That's fine. You know, everybody has their preference. I love sports. I love Supercross and things of yeah. that nature. You know. Well, Chris well, is a sitcom guy, and right. he doesn't like probably the best sitcom to come around in quite some time, which is just, I don't, I don't know how to address this, Chris. We need to have an intervention or something. I, the story kind of intrigued me. Um, Mike Ted Lass is about this guy, uh, European soccer. I mean, you know, if you're into European soccer, you love this. Um, it's about one of these premier league teams in Europe. Uh, they're struggling. The owner wants the team to struggle even more. So they hired this American college football coach, which is weird because obviously college football is different than European okay. soccer. And he comes over and he tries to turn the team around. And I like the premise of it sounded interesting. I'm like, oh, this might be good. But I just I, I I've resolved not to argue about stuff that people like. Well, like motocross. Sorry, Mike, that it's not really turn the crank, but I'm not going to sit here and yell at you going, how dare you like motocross or like I'm in the hockey. Uh, you know, I'm, I am too, Chris. Okay. I am, right. I am. I breathe the Buffalo Sabres and my wife is a oh, Columbus Blue Jackets fan. I'm so, I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, I, well, here's Sabres. another thing, Craig. I'm also a Miami hardcore Miami Dolphins fan. So I'll trump you with all of that. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Oh, good Lord. You, yes, yeah. you did. You trumped I all need of pray for me. Please pray for me. <laughs> but my wife yeah. loves the jackets. So, okay. yeah, I love hockey. I love hockey so much. I love football, but I love, I love hockey, no doubt. But one thing is, like, Chris from 15, 20 years ago would be, and I'm sure, I, I remember you were a Dolphins fan for the time I was a kid. And, you know, I, yep. I always liked the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you did. Maybe Chris from age of 14 when Mike and I were hanging out or, Chris in his early twenties would be brawling. Like if it, if I was twenty <laughs> I'm not, years old, I'm not saying I'm going to fight you, Chris. I'm just well, no. Seriously, if I was twenty years old, like the Steelers and Lions are playing on preseason, we'd do a whole podcast on oh, who's going to win the big game. Okay. And no, I'm like you know, hey, I wouldn't take the Lions, and I'm a Lions right. fan, Chris. You know that now. Well, but what I'm saying is, I I'm good with my stuff yeah. as long as you're not saying I'm into crime. Like you know, like if you know, if if Mike gets on and says, I love tax evasion, yeah, I'll be like, Mike, you, know, you shouldn't like tax evasion. But anything else, as long as you're not advocating crime or something that's anti-whatever, you know. So, okay, okay. Having like said, wherever like, you now, like. Now, I don't want to open up a can of worms because Mike doesn't know all the inside story here. Right. But how, how much guff have you given me about the big-time Russian Nickelodeon stuff? Uh, yeah. Well, but that's... That, that's all fake and fun. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Okay. I mean, it's, it's good podcast for you to yell back and forth about that stuff. You don't yeah. have to let Ted Lasso. That's fine. I love Ted yeah. Lasso. You don't have to. That's fine. I'm just, I'm surprised because you're a sitcom guy. And that right. was, you know, I, I look at it from a sitcom perspective. To me, it's one of those sitcoms that will go down in the annals of history as one of the best sitcoms. People okay. will talk about this show decades from now like they talk about Seinfeld or the eh, friends even though I don't like friends but you know those kinds of shows those sitcoms that kind of transcend their their time 
you know, King of Queens is another one that I enjoy, you know, something like my that. My wife loves King of Queens. Yeah. My, my yeah. wife would be, if she was around us, she'd be probably right in the middle. She'd probably kick me out of the chair and take over the podcast for me. <laughs> she loves all the shows you guys are talking about. I, I may have made a mistake because I've let my daughter watch TV because I <laughs> took a couple of days off for in-service. I, I go back to work tomorrow. But, you know, this week, my daughter's woke up late. She's had a hard time sleeping. So she's sleepy. She wakes up. So she was up like at 10 this morning. And she comes out. I had Martin Family on. I just had something as, as I did some work on my laptop. She's in the Martin Family. She's nine. Mm-hmm. And my wife gets home and she's my daughter's yelling, Why well, watch that family show? And then Molly's like, What family? I tell her modern family and Molly's like, Is that good for a nine year old? I'm like, Oh, she's not paying attention. It, it's all good. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's tough, but yeah. well, here's the issue I have, and this transcends just Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis, the guy who plays Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. He's a funny guy. I'm, I'm a big Sarant Live guy. I always like Sadekis and Sarant Live and stuff. Yeah. But I'm hearing the hype is overwhelming. They're like, wow, Ted Lasso's a breath of fresh air. And man, Jason Sadekis is a real nice guy, too. He's right. a breath of fresh air. And I'm not saying Jason Sadekis is a scumball, but <laughs> what, whenever we. Build these people up. Somebody's going to tear them down. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's the problem with politics. You know, we either think that <clears throat> Donald Trump's perfect; he does nothing wrong, or we think Joe Biden's perfect; he does nothing wrong. We're all human beings. We we screw up. And Absolutely. I, I guess my issue of Ted Lasso is we're propping Jason Sudeikis up to this. Oh, he's a wonderful figure, and I, I I'm sure he's a nice guy. Maybe he's better than some of the other Hollywood well, but, people. But, but, but are we? I, I know what you're saying, right? And I actually, I'm actually one of the people that I don't, I don't really care for Jason Sudeikis outside of Ted Lasso. Like I thought he was fine on Saturday Night Live. Didn't I? Don't really buy him in movies. Um, like We're the Millers. Like I enjoyed that movie overall. But Jason Sudeikis kind of comes across as like over overacting in that movie to me, like disingenuous as a character. Um, I know he was a drug dealer in the movie, but his just the way he plays that character. I actually love him in Ted Lasso because he is sort of that breath of fresh air where he's like the ever optimist. And especially in the time of COVID, like that show came out like at the perfect time too, where we all needed a reason to smile again. And we all needed a reason to like believe in the good in things, whether it be people or the world and Ted Lasso with that character, even as unrealistic as it may come across as he's too good, he's too nice. I mean, he literally, loses his marriage because he's too optimistic. He's not pessimistic enough, essentially. He even admits that in the show. But it's almost like it came out at the right time because it's what we needed during the pandemic when we were all just feeling down on life because the world just sucked at the time and we needed a lift, a pick-me-up. And that was sort of the pick-me-up, I think, in a lot of ways, especially for me. It was kind of like the perfect time to release that show. Even though it wasn't necessarily, hey, let's release this show during a pandemic, it just so happened to play out that way, and you know, made it made it work even more in a lot of ways. Again, I'm not going to be I'm hating on what you like because I won't be that guy anymore. But let me say this in opposition. Yeah, yeah, I know last year sucked. It's COVID. COVID's not fun. We're all worried about Delta and everything else. And yeah, mask up, vaccinate is my daily plug. I mean, whatever politics you are, 
if you could do that stuff, we're more likely to be able to enjoy life a little bit. So, you know, if you're a Republican, Democrat, whatever, just mask up and vaccinate so we can go places. I mean, I, I'm going to a concert on Friday night, and I'm thinking, is it going to even happen? I want to go see some rock and roll music. So please, mask up and vaccinate so you can do that. All right, sorry, my, my political plug's done. But <laughs> this phrase is overused. And, and Craig, I, I, I say this with all respect. Everyone says, oh, we need this this time. Okay, we talked to Dwyer Brown earlier. Great guest. I love Dwyer. Love everything he has to say. But, you know, everyone around Field of Dreams was like, oh, we needed the Field of Dreams baseball game right now. Oh, we need Ted Lasso right now. You know, I mean, Mike's a Dolphins fan. You know, he could say, oh, we all need Tua right now in our lives. Or they might need Tua. Yeah, we all need Big Ben in our lives. Well, here's my here's my counter. Here's my counter, though. We talked to Dwyer about the Field of Dreams game. Let me ask you this: Would we have a talked to Dwyer if the Field of Dreams game had not happened? And B: Would we have even talked about that Thursday night game between the Yankees and White Sox in the middle of August had it not been for what it was, which was a Field of Dreams game? So. I understand your idea that things are overused and it's like, oh, it's such a perfect thing. But the idea was that you're trying to recapture the roots of baseball. And I think they probably did that as perfectly as they could have in 2021. And what do we do when we get nervous or scared or angry? We go to our comfort zones. We go to things that make make us feel safe, make us happy, make us whatever. And, it, and that's why I say Ted Lasso was the breath of fresh air in, in the midst of the pandemic, where we needed someone that no matter how bad it was, which let's let's face it, putting an American football coach into a European football coach is the most fish out of water you can probably get in sports anyway. And he makes the best out of that situation every single day. And I think we needed that to see it on screen, to see that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be as pessimistic. Yeah, we can be pessimistic about the world and people maybe not adhering to, to, to social distancing or masking or whatever you, you feel that you need to, to plug. But at the end of the day, he always looked at the bright side of the world. And sometimes that's kind of what you need in, in life, especially when every everything, all the grenades are going off around you. Sometimes you need something like Ted Lasso. And that's why, to me, it just fit much like the field of dreams game you know we this weekend we had the little league world series game with the indians and angels i mean it's just like this nostalgia of bringing us back to our comfort what we remember of baseball what we remember you know playing catch with your dad or whatever it may be you know that's why the field of dreams game worked and that's why it is a game that no one would have cared about yeah yankees and white Sox is a good matchup they're both good teams but we cared more about it because of the the opening who, who ever cared about the opening of a baseball game, a first pitch, people coming out to the, you know, to the being announced to the crowd? No one has ever cared about that except for the World Series. And here we get it in the regular season game, and everybody just swoons over it, gets goosebumps, sheds a tear maybe, thinking about that nostalgia of playing catch growing up with their dad. So that's why, yeah, it can be overused to say, you know, it's, it's what we needed, but it is what we need sometimes. Right. Mike, I'm thinking about this. Craig and I, we cover news. We're in pop culture. We discuss this. We nerd out. And when we should be asleep, we're like, hey, let's get on podcasts about this stuff. And we interview actors and stuff. Who cares about work? 
Yeah, Craig and I have holes in our heart that we have to fill somehow. So we're we're filling these holes with like podcasting late at night. Um, but you you know, Mike, you're a sales guy, and, and yeah, you have fun. You you like the dolphins. You watch stuff with your wife. I'm not saying you're just talk sales 24 hours a day, but how do you keep up with all this crap? We were talking about this on podcast last week. It's hard enough for us. We're, we're supposed to talk about pop culture. We're supposed to present stories to people that people care about. So yeah, we're, we're thinking Apple TV and all this other stuff. Well, you're a sales guy where you have fun. You hang out with your wife, but how do you keep up? I mean, honestly, the field of dreams game was a neat thing. It was like five o'clock the day of the game. I had no idea what network it was on. So I had to look it up somewhere and everything. Um, Ted Lasso, and hey, I'm I'm buying what Craig's saying. I'm not opposing Craig. But for as interesting as Ted Lasso's been, it's on Apple TV, one of the 500 different (laughs) subscription things you have to (laughs) subscribe to and everything. How how do you keep up with some of this entertainment stuff, you know? Uh, It's it's. It's tough, and my lifestyle is very busy, Chris. There's no doubt yeah, about it, Craig. Right. No doubt about it. So, my wife, <laughs> she she okay. keeps up with what's going on with the world, with all the social media, you know, different things, and oh, this person, that person, this actor, this and that, you know, all the different goings ons of the world. She brings it to my attention. Not only am I working so hard all the time you know every one of us at pinnacle we're always working hard vicky and i and our vice president brooke lewis we work 24 7 if that makes sense you know our emails yeah, our yeah. cell phones are all open other than that you guys i i travel around fishing bass tournaments um my weekends they're crazy when the winter hits i travel around duck hunting waterfowl hunting um I travel around selling duck calls. We're actually down from around you, Chris. Um, KS Waterfowl has started down around Hilliard and okay. uh, now lives over around West Jefferson. So we go to some waterfowl shows, different things like that. I come down around your area and do some waterfowl hunting around Dublin. So sometimes my wife tells me about things going on in the world, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, the bass didn't tell me that when I was out fishing all day, you know, <laughs> watching the beautiful sunrise on the lake or whatever. But, no, that's a good question. It, it It is hard to keep up with everything that goes on in the world, plus your lifestyle and nieces and nephews and family and kids running yeah. around and everything. You know, so, yeah, but that's a good question. But I, I just lean on my wife for what's important, and she lets me know. <laughs> We try not to talk too much of the political stuff like we used to, but it was funny. I, I, I used to get more fired up about guns. It wasn't anything about a political thing. Uh, Craig, I'm not even sure if I told you a story. I, I like to say one thing embarrassing about myself each week. I don't know. Maybe it's my <laughs> desire to flog myself or something. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But um, why I don't like guns, it's a personal reason. It's got nothing to do with if you like to hunt or not. I was in church camp. And this is back in the good old days where they give kids rifles and <laughs> shoot a target where no, no one cared about anything. It was just, you know, everyone did whatever they could. So they give me a rifle and I'm in junior high. And, you know, Mike, we play wiffle ball against each other in the pew yeah. backyard. I wasn't so a super great down. athlete. Yeah. I, I never was a super athlete. I mean, Mike was kicking my butt. He was like, what, eight at the time. And I'm like 14. He's running laps around me and everything. I, I was never a great athlete. But, I mishandled the gun. I literally had a rifle. <laughs> we were looking straight ahead, and I'm like, Ooh, and I turn around, and the gun's pointed at my counselor. Oh. And you talk about how our life could have changed if the – again, I 
I wasn't trying to kill anybody. It was more, I, I had no idea how to handle a gun. But thank goodness the rifle didn't go off, or we may be doing this podcast from my jail cell or something. <laughs> it was just, it was nuts. So, yeah. No, no, I respect what you do. Um, but sure. uh, that's my tough thing about when guns. people don't, you know, agree with hunting or guns. And I, I, I totally understand 100%. I don't necessarily. As long as people don't shoot each other with the gun, I, I'm not saying, you know, hey, Mike, don't have a gun. Don't go hunting. I'm more like, don't have me have a gun. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. if, if other people know what they're doing, I, I guess I'm okay with that. I, I just want to make sure that I don't have a gun. So it's, yeah. I, Craig, I'm not sure if I ever told you that story. No, no. It sounds like, okay. you know, it's sad that that happened to you because you didn't know any better, but it's their right. job as adults to teach you the gun safety. And that's the first thing, like, you know, my dad has guns and he's taught me over the years about gun safety, even though, you know, he didn't get into the, into guns until I was into my adult years. But, you know, it's, it's all, you have to respect what you're handling and you, it sounds like, unfortunately, maybe they didn't impress that upon you know, middle school Chris, and that's not your fault. That's their fault. And I can see why sure, you sure. Would have, why you would have some somewhat of a, you know, disdain for, for that because of that traumatic incident. That'd be traumatic because like you said, one, one wrong move and, you know, it could have been an issue, a big issue. And I'm sure the, the counselor's life flashed before their eyes, you know, seeing a gun pointed at them. All of oh a sudden. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, you know, I don't blame you for how you act or how you feel about guns because, you know, unfortunately, you weren't taught the right way, it sounds like, at this camp. Well, it's a bad thing. It was obviously a very awkward situation because, you know, you're walking back to your cabin with a guy and the guy's like, you know, I mean, he's a Christian guy, so I'm sure he's not swearing at you. But he's probably like, oh, I well, and the funny thing about it is my dad was a pretty well-known pastor in the area. And it For was sure. the group of churches that got together the churches that he was a pastor of well we had a kid cancel and they couldn't i guess they weren't giving refunds so somebody comes up to me and says hey do you want to go back to camp and i'm like yeah i'm in so i go back to camp i love this counselor and get this this is all dumb and unaware i was back then uh we get to the camp and they're like oh choose the cabin i always like that cabin i like the counselor so i choose him again and usually nobody goes to that church camp twice in one year i go twice in a year i choose the same cabin the counselor where i almost shot the guy by mistake and the guy i even as a young guy that isn't aware of my surroundings and situation, his eyes got really wide when I walked in. And I'm like, "Hey, man, <laughs> back!" You know, probably saved you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you probably well, saved gun range. He probably sent you to the tetherball court instead of the gun range. I would imagine. Today we're going to play tennis, everybody. <laughs> we didn't go to the gun range. I'm not sure. Maybe the camp changed their policy. Maybe, you know, I'm still in lore at the camp now. Going, hey, we used to uh, let kids yeah. shoot guns and. Ever since Chris. There's a poster of you up at the camp, Chris. Yeah. They're like, this is the reason that we do not have guns no it's more. Chris or something, you know? They have a lot oh, of But that, you know, Craig, that was a good point that you made. It, re it really was, because I was fortunate enough to have my father and my uncles uh, teach me and really teach me to respect the outdoors and respect guns put me through hunter safety courses, gun safety courses at a very, very young age. So uh, my mom wasn't very keen of it at first, but it's it, it, it's been a good thing, and I'm glad he did that. But you are right, Craig. That was a very good point you made, and I could see where 
that would be traumatizing, Chris, no doubt about it. You know, just the look on your counselor's face and everything else. So, sure, absolutely. <laughs> I, I got to share this. And uh, seeing Mike, I mean, I, I, Craig, I haven't seen this guy in 30 years. Because you're going you're gonna to say something embarrassing the more you oh. Just keep well, going, Chris. It's great. It's gold. Yeah, it this is. isn't as horrifying as me almost killing somebody as a kid. Like five seconds off the podcast. That should be our ad. I mean, my goodness, everyone would be like, Chris did trying Chris, to kill somebody. The know, headline could be like, did Chris kill someone? Question yeah, mark? Yeah. <laughs> and thank goodness. This is going to go viral here for too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, you ever swear? It's about ready to share, so it's weird, but you know, we just ran out of time. Um, the night that the Indians were in the World Series, was it 97 when they played the 90, Marlins? Yeah. Not 97, absolutely. And then was it 95? 95, they were there. The Braves. Too, against the Braves, yeah. When yeah. Bell hit that home run, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right. Yep. Well, I don't know why this came up, but I, I was going to tell him the story saying, maybe if you have other seasons of Field of Dreams, we could right some of the other wrongs of baseball. So you think of the Marlins, Jose Mesa had the ball. If he saved the game, Indians win their first title and it would be Cleveland's first time because well, obviously I was before I'm gonna LeBron stop you I'm gonna stop you right there, Chris. I'm a Marlins fan, so we're not gonna be taking away the ninety seven World Series, sir. Right. Well it, it, there is no fine. wrong to write. Honestly, I'm not a huge baseball guy, so I mean I'm my, I wasn't broken up. But my idea was for this Peacock show that we were talking about with Twitter mm-hmm. about Field of Dreams, you know, hey, solve some of these other issues that happen in baseball. But the night of that game, Mike, I, well, I was 22. We were off doing our own things at that time. I literally went upstairs. I, I was living at home during college, and I said, I'm going to go take a shower so I can be home to watch the celebration. So I can come back downstairs. I'm dressed, ready for bed. I can watch the celebration of Indians winning the game. Who in their right mind? would go upstairs at the bottom of the ninth or 10th or whenever, whenever it was that the Marlins won the game. I, I, don't know. I was thinking about that today. I, I don't know. Uh, talking to, you know, the guy from field of dreams, seeing Mike again, brought up all these memories. So are, you probably, saying, are you saying that the, the wrong that you want to write is that you wouldn't have gone up to take a shower then? Is that what you're saying here? Well, it, it didn't break my heart to lost the game. I mean, at the time, I was a bigger Indians fan, so I was a little bit more upset about that. But but what I'm saying, who in their right mind? Think about when the Cavs won the NBA title. It would be like, you know, Kyrie hits a shot that puts him up with two right. minutes. That will be like, you know, Mike Wilcox telling his wife, hey, I'm getting ready for bed. I'll come down and watch the celebration. It's the last two minutes of the game. You, yeah. you need to watch the two minutes of the game. Watch right. the two minutes of the game and say, hey, I'm going to celebration. It was just a – I don't know. Well, I got to tell you, though, Chris, if, that, if, if like, let's say that's turned into the new Peacock series, that, that would have to be, like, a four-episode run because essentially it would be, uh, you know, like us watching you watch the last, you know, three yeah. outs of the World Series. <laughs> I don't know if that's very uh, – not not to use the, the the world the movie word, but cinematic. It's not overly cinematic there. I don't know that that would sell a lot of uh, new Peacock subscribers. Okay, well, I have some guy who was playing my counselor in when I was in middle school. Chris, I was killed in a horrific rifle. That, that's what motivated you to say, "I can't be around this stress, so I got to take a shower." And well, and that right. that can be the flashback scene for an episode or two of you, you know, nearly killing a man. Right. Well, it could be Ease's pain. You know what I mean? And so, like, the counselor, the pain of, you know, freaking out, almost losing his life. And uh, then, 
Uh, well, so, I mean, you can make up other crap from my wife. We need to get a peacock person on here to pitch this. Yeah, I think we've we got a show. That's what well, I, don't, I don't know how far along they are, but we've got a show right here, I think. Right. And then instead of me seeing my dad, which, man, I love seeing my dad, but um, Jose Mesa walks <laughs> through the cornfield, and then, you know, suddenly, I don't know if we time warp back to the 97 World Series, or maybe all the guys get back together in the cornfield and the Indians win the World Series. I don't know. Or maybe but, the, uh, the the counselor, the camp counselor walks through the cornfield. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's okay, Chris, I forgive you or something, you know. And he's like, and everybody like, cries. <laughs> on guns, and he's like, no! And he runs off or something. When he like. forgives him, he rips the poster down out of the Yes. <laughs> brings the rifles back out. <laughs> so we would have like instead of have a catch, it would be you want to shoot some, you know, shoot some clay bunch of targets pop up out of the cornfield. <laughs> but I can't imagine the guy would end up like saying yes, everyone crying. I mean, right. he'd be he'd run off crying, probably like oh no or something. You know, Chris, or, or did or when you went to take that shower, did you jinx the Indians? Yeah, by not watching them. You ever thought I, of that? I don't know if I jinxed them. The You're logic, I, I guess. This. I guess why I'm horrified tonight is the logic was so extremely. That moronic. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even your, if your, I your knew, cleanliness could have waited another half hour. Like, why do you leave it to middle the bottom instead of the night you, for anything? Instead, you yeah. jinxed Jose Mesa. You even had to if, be clean, and you jinxed Jose Mesa is what it comes down to. I mean, even, even if I was either a Marlins fan or if I'm like, man, hopefully Cleveland screws up. Wouldn't this be fun? Why are you missing that part of the game? That's why I just can't put my hand around. You know, right. oh, yeah, it's tough. You, so. you really messed up, Chris. You did. You really messed up. That you, you, I can see why you want to rectify this with a Field of Dreams like redemption story. I can see that now. Twenty-two-year-old <laughs> Chris comes out of the cornfield with a towel wrapped around himself. You know, fumbling a shot. Yeah. Fumbling a rifle, like oh no, it's like a like a you know like an Acme you know Disney character or something fumbling a, a weapon. All the fans go running for their lives. <laughs> He's got a gun, and you know you're like butterfingering it. You know you can't yeah. get a clip of it or something, and you know it could go off at any minute. You know. Yeah, hopefully the statute of limitations is over now, or this could yeah. this could get rough. So I don't know. Yeah, well, hopefully we haven't. You'll probably get like a you know subpoena tomorrow or something to you know or a warrant for your arrest will be issued. Well, it's great. Like tonight, we have this great reunion between Chris and Mike. Great for us to reconnect. How about next week, Chris and the counselor? How about that? <laughs> I'll look him up. I I really don't know his name. I'm sure I can find it if I ask the right people. But man, what a reunion that would be! You know? I don't. I don't have to be invited. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that he would want to be uh, invited though, because at this point, you know, you might trigger some like PTSD or something, and he might not want to talk to you ever again. Yeah, because with you, especially when you came back for the second time. Oh yes! Oh yeah, that really freaked him out. He probably is like scared to death of your name now, or something. I, the fact that I came back to second time could be a movie. Could be like a horror movie of me walking in. Hey, how you doing? So yeah, man, I got to make that happen. I got to bring dreams, that guy back. Field of Dreams meets horror. That's the that's the new Peacock series. They'll, they'll greenlight anything these days. Net, pitch it to Netflix or something like it's kind of like Field of Dreams, but it's a horror movie. That's my new life mission. I mean, we've had some good guests over the years. Man, getting that camp counselor, man. 
that, that, you know, I mean, if my life ended the day after I had the camp counselor on, shared <laughs> memories. I mean, well, man, what, yeah, what a good life. I mean, I could be like, God, I can die now. You know, this is great. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll find out. I'm yeah, sure we could track him down. In this era of, of technology, I'm sure we could track him down. Hey, if I can reconnect with Mike Wilcox, I can reconnect. To Absolutely, Chris, for sure. All right. Well, hey, let's do our, our my ad promos. Um, because I'm looking at the time going, geez, I got to be at work in eight hours. So we, we got to take <laughs> off soon. Um, yeah, check out our sponsors, uh, Chase Bank. Um, man, Mike, what was that bank in Louisville? Was it Charter One? Um, there's oh, actually, we have, there's a, fir- there was a first mayor. It was an old one for a while there. Yes. I think there was a charter one. Now we have Chase Huntington. Um, what was the name of the company? It took over first merit. Common, common. Thank you. Yeah. First common. Well, see how I pull on my wife, you guys. But you know, Louisville bank, she's all in. She's, she's, she's great. In. Yeah, she's in. Okay. Well, yeah, I bring that up to say, look, you know, nothing wrong with Charter One. That was the bank my family liked as, as a kid. I naively said, hey, Charter One's got to be my bank the rest of my life. Charter One banks only go over to Worcester. So when we made our trip down to Columbus, you need a bank that's close to you. So uh, we ended our relationship with Charter One. We're looking for a bank. Chase Banks fit the rule for us. And Chase man, Banks, great. Yeah, and Chase Bank's even Louisville, so you can, you know, it's all over the place. So here's the deal. On the link, when you're checking out the podcast, um, when you check it out on Spotify and all the other places we're on, um, click the link, sign for account, attach direct deposit. I mean, you know, Mike can attach his direct deposit from his sales, the millions of dollars Mike's making a year. It'll be great, you know, and uh, check it out. And, you know, you get paid 225 bucks. So even if you're making millions, hey, it's 225 more bucks. So don't don't sniff at it and say, oh man, that's an hour of my work. I, I see Mike's looking at me weird like that. Uh, no, it's good. Um, yeah, so check out Chase Bank. Uh, it's definitely worked for me. Mike likes it. Yeah, we're, yes, we, we, we belong to Chase Bank. They're great. Absolutely. Okay. We so love them. What other endorsement do you need in life? I mean, Mike and I are into why not you? So check out Chase Bank. Also, Ashley Homestore. Craig, I haven't told you this. It's been a busy week. We haven't talked. Last week, my wife made an appearance on our Excedra show I do with um, Joe and Paul. And, and Mike, my wife is never a podcast person. So this is like the holy grail. I, I don't know why she did it, Craig. It, it was an amazing night. So my wife yells at me because my, here's my ad for Ashley Homestore. On Sundays at 1 p.m. in the fall, my wife comes up with stuff we have to do, and she forgets it's NFL football time. Like, she'll be right. like, oh, let's go to the store. Let's go out driving around. I'm like, this is week one of the football season. My <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I thought she did this in the past. I did this live on a, a show that she was on. She got mad at me because I said, my wife would want to go furniture shopping during football season. She got ticked. There was like a day of no conversation. It was rough. But so even if she doesn't do that, hey, you, this crap takes time. I'll put it like that. So Ashley Holmes story. Here's what they're offering. 
you sign up for our podcast, click the link. They're going to give you a coupon right away. And you can do your shopping at home. So if you're measuring out your sofa and you're at the store, you're going to be like, oh, crap. I don't know how long my one wall is, you know, to put the sofa on. You can measure at home. You can do all your shopping at home, ask your home store. They'll deliver it to you. It saves time. It saves money. Why not? Go for it. Check out Ashley Home Store and use our link. So, all right. Mike, let's promote you before we take off. Obviously, Pinnacle Press, PinnaclePress.com. Where else can we connect with you at, Mike? Um, yeah, so the, the, the webpage is great, PinnaclePressINC.com. Um, oh, I see. Can, okay. That, that's okay. Nope, no problem. I messed that up the first time, so I apparently about that. PinnaclePressINC.com. Uh, okay. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And um, for all your printing needs or anything of that nature, you can contact me direct at mwilcox at pinnaclepressinc.com. And um, all of our phone numbers and everything else is on our webpage. And feel free to give us a call. Reach us. Reach out to us. And I'm sure if you connect with Mike on LinkedIn, he'll he'll connect with you. Absolutely. Mike, he's the most active LinkedIn person ever. I mean, I have not <laughs> seen so. It's a good thing. Hey, he's got to be like for his sales and everything. That's good. Craig, anything else you want to promote before we close? Yeah. No, <laughs> we got to be quick uh, or it's going to be sad, Thursday. Yeah. Jeez, sad, sad to say we, yeah, I'm, I'm sad to say that we won't have George Thomas for a couple of weeks. Uh, we're oh. going to reconvene on September 2nd. Uh, but thankfully, he'll be reviewing the uh, the new Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. So unfortunately, no George Thomas for the next couple of weeks, but I'll be filling in with some additional content. So all of you that love watching me, you'll get more of me this, these next couple of weeks. Is it Browns related? No, it's more of a, just a, a lackluster release schedule. We're getting oh. into the, the dog days of summer, late August, early September are very bad movie months. It's kind of considered the uh, studio dump for months. So not a lot of good stuff comes out. Not a lot of new stuff comes out. So uh, George is uh Kind of going to wait until the Shang-Chi comes out, and uh, we'll have that uh, for our September 2nd episode, which will be fun. Mike, you got to listen to George Thomas, great uh, reviewer for the Beacon Journal. Sure. George also covers the Browns, and I, I know you got to do your work. I mean, sometimes you don't like your job. Sometimes you cover a corrupt football team like the Browns are. They're not like the Steelers. <laughs> so, yeah. I, well, at least it's not because of the Browns. I was going to get really better be ready this year, Chris. I think the Browns are ready to roll. I'm a hardcore Dolphins fan, but I think the Browns are ready to roll. <laughs> I do. Um, I can't remember what day it was. It's the day I'll live in infinity, but that dumb day when the Browns were, what, 90% of their team had COVID. They were all super spreaders. I mean, they're all not wearing masks, and they must have had group hugs because, like, everybody on the freaking team had COVID. Yeah. And our our poor Steelers, we won the first eleven games a year, but they looked so flawed in winning eleven games. And I I knew they weren't as good as their eleven to start, but losing a home to the Browns in the playoffs and this great defense that we had. Uh, how many points did Brown score? It was like forty-eight. It was just yeah, it was so it weird. Like, it seemed like a hundred. I guess. I guess <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the Browns gave Ben Roethlisberger's right arm COVID or something that day. Uh, oh, it was. It didn't show up. That's for sure. It was. Uh, I, that was a rough. That was a rough and just shocking day. That was one of the most shocking sports moments I've ever seen. You know, growing up in, in Ohio, you've. I, I kind of got the tail end of the good Browns in the eighties because I'm sort of in that age group. But uh, I've always known them as being terrible, 
and to see them just absolutely trounce the Steelers in a playoff game was just shocking to me. It would have been almost more shocking than if the Lions would have a winning season, you know. So I, I'm trying not to game. I'm trying not to be the angry guy anymore. And if you know me over the years, my personality, I'm not angry, angry guy. Even though I'm a shot at camp counselor. I mean, what I'm saying is I'm not terrifying oh, no. anger. Was guy. it an accident, Chris? Was it really an accident? Yes, it was an accident. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, we're getting in dangerous territory. Yes, it was an accident. <laughs> I didn't mean anything bad by Jesus. What are you a cop? Are you what's going on here? It was an accident? I mean Jeez. With that with that uh with that temper of yours, you know, you're, I mean, you're it's almost a as really you said, twenty two year old Chris would would have fought right, people, yeah. so yeah. No, let's say middle school. Uh, Chris, right. I'm going to get arrested. We kid, we kid, everybody. We're having fun at midnight on a Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning. Right. So. No, no, well, just to close it, I was just saying, I'm my angry guy, yell to TV guy, but I literally, um, I have a Steelers Facebook group that you know, we podcast together, and uh, there's a pastor in the group. I mean, this is like a, a pretty moral group and man we were getting pretty feisty when the browns were up 28 nothing after the first quarter i mean there's a lot of burn the stadium down burn the city down and there's pastors in the group i mean this isn't like you know hardcore crazy wild felons sealer fans i mean this was like moral high standing <laughs> and we were just screaming at each other and i literally told um I do web for a lot of our big papers here in Ohio. One of the papers was, well, for Akron and Canton that, you know, actively cover, you know, the Browns. And I, I was yelling at the, I was texting our guy doing web that night going, don't cover this freaking game. And I, I just, it, I was upset that night and he was laughing at me. I'm like, yeah, don't cover it. It was tough. All right. It's okay, Chris. At least you're not a Lions fan. You'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, Craig, you bring up all these old wounds. I mean, this is time we need to close up. So, all right. Well, Mike, thanks for your patience. Thanks for your time. Uh, no problem. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'd love, yeah. to, love to join you guys again sometime. It was great. I um, always love yeah. talking sales and catching up was the greatest part. Great to meet you too, Craig. Uh, had a really good time. And to let you guys know, to be honest, this is my very first podcast i ever done. Okay. So, yeah, it was it was really interesting, really really good time. I wouldn't mind you know joining you guys again sometime. Oh so. yes, yes. Well, hey, next time it'll be at like two in the morning though. We're gonna we're gonna really <laughs> test your metal. Me. We're gonna test your metal here. Okay, no Mike? problem. With all the duck hunting and bass fishing, geez, yes. I'm usually up about quarter till four every weekend. Okay. So yeah, I I go hard. <laughs> uh, we, we podcast much earlier. And just blame my family's uh, school schedule this week. So, sure, all right. No well, for Mike and Craig, this is Chris. Have a great day. Mike, hang out for a second afterwards. Sure. And um, have a good one. Thanks for checking out the Ohioan and the Chris and Craig show. Have a good night. Thanks, you guys. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.